0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basilli. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basili.
2: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I'm thrilled, thrilled to be speaking with each and every one of you today. We have a fabulous show for you beyond anything that you can even imagine. I I love waking up in the morning and knowing that I get to talk to people that are so committed to taking a powerful message out into the world and helping each and every one of us understand what it means to thrive in life. You know, I've talked to my guest several times, and I have so enjoyed being in conversation with her, being part of the journey, experiencing her wisdom, the books that she has written. And today is a bigger conversation for us, Uh, we are living right now in a time where some would say we are dangerously polarized. We have science versus religion. We have religions versus, versing religions. We have people of all different, uh, aspects of their lives, race, gender, having different perspectives on things and having no real toolkit, no real way to understand beyond the differences. There are commonalities. There are ways that we are, are so connected. Dr. Joan Borsenko is my guest today, and she has written a phenomenal book, Your Soul's Compass. And in this book today and in this conversation today, we are going to open up the door for every single one of you out there to look in the face of doubt to look in the face of confusion, to move from crust to trust, to set up your heart so that you're open enough to move beyond our limiting, very small aspects of who we are, and to sit down and shut up, as she would say, and look to that inner guidance to the world for something Magnificent Joan Borsenko, uh, who, who has been on my show before and who I love talking with, has been a powerhouse in this world of helping individuals, people like you and me, understand that there's more to to life than just what you see scratched in the surface. So what is spiritual guidance? Why are you here? Why am I here? Why do I do this show? Uh and all of this will be talked about today. Joan, I want to thank you so much for joining
3: today's show. You're welcome, Dr. Pat. I always love our conversations. I
2: uh, I am so thrilled to be talking about uh so much of what's going on in people's minds and their hearts, and yet they are so fearful, uh complacent to even bring the conversation to the table to ask about uh, your soul's compass.
3: Well, that's right. And that's why when we conceived of this book, we thought, wouldn't it be great to do our research in terms of conversations? And we chose to have conversations with a variety of what we call the sages. And these are spiritual leaders from a variety of traditions, Buddhists and Catholics and Episcopals and Hindus and shamans and rabbis and ask them a series of 12 questions that would help my husband, Gordon DeVaron, and I, my co-author, and that's a whole other story, doing a a book like this with your husband, (laughs) uh, that would help us really understand the territory of guidance from a perennial perspective. That is, a place that went deeper than anyone's dogma or belief, where we could all stand on the common ground where we're human beings, we've been... Confused. We're looking for the right way to be able to see the possibilities in a situation and apprehend what the the best potential, uh, what the real good in that situation is. And we thought that kind of conversation was a starting point. And now we're going around the country and and including a variety of everyone in that conversation. And it's uh, it's been very exciting to think that. Life is, in fact, always a journey into the unknown. That's why there's no map. But we do have a compass that helps us figure out we're on the right track. <laughs> you know, I'm so struck by the book and your own
2: journey. And for many of our listeners that may not have had you and I chat before, I mean, I love the way that Hay House presents the conversation of who you are. And what they say is, how did a Harvard-trained medical scientist become a mystic? Wow. (laughs) And, And at the same time, how, you know... How is it that you and I get to talk about this without that experience? I mean, that experience that brought you to this very moment is part of what you write about, part of what you teach. Am I correct or am I off base on that? that's
3: right, and I'm glad that Hay House started with that because I am a medical scientist, as you know, and we've talked before about my work in mind-body medicine and psychoneuroimmunology, and a scientist is someone who's very curious and who wants to understand how the world operates, whether you're talking about the molecular world or the orbits of the stars or in terms of the fact that I'm also a psychologist, how the mind works. But my interest for a long time has really been in how all of that intersects with the fact that uh, we have souls that, in the words of Tyler de Chardin, which are popular these days, we're not just human beings hoping for a spiritual experience. But I do agree with that wonderful Jesuit priest who was also a scientist that we are simultaneously spiritual beings who happen to be having a human experience. And the questions of why we're having this experience, who we are, you know, the. Perennial ancient questions, who am I and why am I here, have come up for me again and again in my life, Pat, particularly when I've been working with people who are seriously ill. And as you know, I ran an AIDS clinic for most of the 1980s, a mind body clinic for right. people with AIDS. And so these questions have been alive in me, in my professional life for many years, and then in my personal life since I was a child. So this is, this is perhaps the most exciting of the 13 books that I've written um, or co-authored because it brings together the strands of my outer work in the world with my inner spiritual journey. And the book is really meant to help everyone do just that.
2: And that is what, what I love about the book uh, in terms of having it relate to everyone out there. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're someone, as my mom was, uh, someone that, you know, waits on other people in a restaurant or someone that sits in an office all day. This is a conversation which is more of an invitation. And when you ask the question, why am I here, don't you think, Joan, that that question is in itself is an invitation to exploration?
3: It is. It is. And. This is, this is the most important thing about guidance, Pat, is that it is that invitation to exploration. It's getting out of the box of what you think you know, opening yourself up to say, this is a, a world, a universe of infinite possibilities. I happen to be living in one of them now, but if I'm open and if I'm curious, I'm going to be able to see the potential in this next moment of my life, in this next portion of my life, and open up and go there. And that's what's so exciting.
2: It is extremely exciting. And and at this time, it is extremely challenging. When you sat down to write Your Soul's Compass, Joan, did you have any sense that it would turn out to be the book it is? <laughs> <laughs>
3: The, uh when we sat down to write it, it was an experience of guidance itself, Pat. You know, every once in a while there comes along something in life and you know it's yours, whether it's a person you meet and you're already busy, but somehow the two of you become fast friends, or whether it's a project that comes along and, once again, it may not be what you're already doing or perhaps you're too busy, but you cannot say no to it. It calls you. It grabs you. <laughs> it's yours and you're its. And it was that way in terms of spiritual guidance that we, my husband and I both felt where it's such a difficult point in the world. And, you know, we're sitting one day and thinking about, uh, this, the way that science and Reason, faith and reason, often look like opposites. And Richard Dawkins is a scientist who wrote a book, The Selfish He's a famous atheist. And essentially he says, look, you know, we're not going anywhere. Why are we here? Evolution in its most basic sense. And, you know, what's our purpose to pass our genes on? And so there's a scientist with no faith in anything larger than what you can see on the surface. And then on the other hand, uh, there are scientists like Francis Collins, who's head of the Human Genome Project. And Collins had made a comment. He says, you know, faith and reason are not opposites, that faith stands squarely upon reason, but with the added component of revelation. And I know for myself as a scientist that my own reason only got me so far. There were the big ahas. There were the intuitions. There was a felt sense in my body. There was a letter from a colleague telling me about an experiment that I never would have found myself. Uh And if I was open and curious, there was a revelatory quality that brought me in my science to a place where I could not have gone by reason alone. And Gordon had had that experience in different parts of his life. And we were just called. We said, what is this? What is this other way of knowing, this intuitive way of knowing? And we felt that the best way of exploring this would be really to go to what we thought might be experts in spiritual God. <laughs> but no, we didn't know where the book was going to go. We just felt called to do it, and it unfolded a step at a time. and. Oftentimes, you know, the way was rocky, as it will be, um, trying to meet deadlines and, and figure out how two very different people, two very different authors with different styles could possibly write something together. And then there were moments when it just all came together, and it seems like such a grace. And that, those are the moments in any of our lives when we realize there was never a missed step that anything that looked like a difficulty was, in fact, um, part of what was ripening us to be able to take the next step. So it was a grace.
2: Uh, you know, and I love it when a plan comes together, Joan. I mean, and I believe all of that energy shows up in the book. We're going to take a short break right now. And when we come back, we'll be back with Dr. Joan Borisenko. The book is your soul's compass. Boy, I'll tell you, it is an incredible book. There are nuggets throughout this. When we come back, we're going to be exploring some of the powerful, powerful conversations in this book. And one of my favorite topics, the art of December. We'll be right back with the Doctor Pat Show.
0: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk.
4: Okay, everyone, listen up. You can do it. You can quit smoking in as little as 30 days with Zero Smoke. That's right, a new product to help you quit smoking now. And here's the deal. You don't need to spend hundreds of dollars on gum, patches, or pills. Zero Smoke helps you quit naturally using biomagnets. It works by placing these neat little magnets on either side of your ear. Then science takes over. It's just like acupressure. The urge to smoke goes away. This product has sold like crazy in Europe and has just been introduced in the United States. In fact, Sal the stockbroker is using the product to quit. It's a disgusting habit, and you need to quit today. Now, everybody, go to their website, zerosmoke.org, or call them at 800-577-9933 and take advantage of their risk-free offer. That's right. Just pay shipping, and they will send you this revolutionary product absolutely free. What do you have to lose? It's the summer. You want to feel good, and you want to quit that nasty habit. That's 800-577-9933, or go to the web at zerosmoke.org.
5: The secret is no longer a secret, but still life's deepest questions remain. How will you answer them? See One, the movie, and join the ultimate conversation at OneTheProject.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Pat, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Now, the film phenomenon that has been transforming hearts across the world is available online at OneTheProject.com. Experience One, the movie, and find your answers. Essentia Water, the
6: ultimate drinking water, is free of sugars, artificial sweeteners and colors. Essentia Water actually does something good for your body. It hydrates your body more efficiently. Its smooth, silky taste provides an abundant supply of active hydrogen and antioxidants to prevent cell damage caused by free radicals. Essentia Water, does more than quench your thirst. Available health food and natural food sections of major grocery stores. Essentia Water,
4: ask for it
5: renowned women's wellness pioneer, Dr. Christiane Northrup, will share her cutting-edge ideas in her new upbeat and eye-opening tour, Menopause and Beyond. Learn how to prevent hot flashes, calm your mood swings, lose weight, and have the best sex after menopause. Remember, when menopause comes knocking at your door, it's time to say, bring it on. See Dr. Northrup in a city near you this fall. For tickets, visit drnorthrup.com.
0: Voice America.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. My very special guest today, Dr. Joan Borisenko. The book is Your Soul's Compass. What, What is Spiritual Guidance? We're going to talk about this today. But I want to invite you all out there. If you have questions to give us a call, uh, the number was just, um, listed for you. I'm going to repeat it again, 866 Because the book is really an invitation. It's an invitation to a, to a conversation. And the conversation is about, for me, how can we look at our commonalities? How can we get past, you know, the ego idea of what life is? And at the same time, know that there are things that we can have in this life that are truly ours to have. And Joan has created this book uh, and has written this book in a way that features numerous conversations with some of the the leading sages, uh, people in the world that are out there willing to share their stories. Joan, again, thank you for joining us today.
3: Oh, you're very welcome. It is definitely my
2: pleasure, Pat. You know, I love. I talked about uh, before the break. I mentioned to folks that there is uh, this question of discernment, the art of discernment, and the way that I'd like to talk about that has to do with the conversations you've had with some of the voices in the book. And in terms of your own personal transformation, are there some of these individuals that you've chatted with uh, that have contributed or facilitated
3: a new level for Joan Borisenko? Yeah, there's no question. First of all, I want to say what a privilege to get to talk to some of the most extraordinary people on the planet about what matters most. And we did find that both of us, both um, both my husband Gordon, my co-author, and myself, that these conversations, many of them became alive in us. In us. And in part, too, it was because Gordon and I could sit together afterwards, sit for days and weeks, and say, well, what about what she said about this, or what about his insight on that? And so... Through continuing conversation and inquiry, things really came alive. But now, to the heart of the question, when I think to say, "Who really changed my worldview, whose words come up in me when you know maybe I'm stuck in an old pattern, I'm hasty, I want to make a decision quickly, or I'm guilty about something that had in the pa- it happened in the past, where I find I can't be present, and therefore I'm not present to guidance. You know, if you can't be in the now, guidance can't speak to you. (laughs) And who comes up for me is Ajahn Sona. And Ajahn Sona is a Theravadan Buddhist monk, and he's abbot of uh, the Birkin Forest Monastery near Kamloops, British Columbia. And first of all, there is such a clearness about him, such a simplicity to him, You know, a bit like visiting with Thich Nhat Hanh or any kind of um, Buddhist monk who has given their life to really the spiritual journey. And Ajahn Sona is very pithy. When he speaks, uh, he says a volume in a single sentence. But one of those sentences that has stuck with me for a long time is that At a certain point, life becomes beauty instead of duty, and that our responsibility as human beings is to find the beautiful mind. And I think to myself, well, what exactly is the beautiful mind? The mind that's open, that's curious, that's loving, that's adventurous, that perceives possibilities. And when I'm in the opposite of the beautiful mind, (laughs) I'm in the mind that's judging, the mind that's fearful, the mind that's in the past or the future or that wants things my own way. Sometimes all I have to do is to think, beautiful mind, and uh, it's enough to, to change me. Or when Ajahn Sona made the point, he says, you know, you cannot change the past and you cannot change the present. Because the conditions that have led up to it have already ripened, but in accepting what is, then then you can plant the, the seeds for a more skillful future, and that's so important. You know, it's so easy to get lost in regrets, for example, or um, lost in some way in being victimized by the past. And so, what all of the sages had to say that changed me were things that helped me to become more free inside because your soul's compass doesn't work without interior freedom. It's, it's as if the needle for the compass is planted in a spacious heart and it won't find true true north. It won't find the most loving, creative possibilities in any situation when you are hooked by the past in some way. So Ajahn Sona was... Really is still alive <laughs> in me when I think about mm-hmm. these things, particularly. And then another person whose whose wisdom has really sunk into my bones is Father Thomas Keating. Oh yes, yes, he, he's an extraordinary man. Yeah, really has um, has changed the the face of modern Catholicism, and he speaks much like. A Buddhist monk he's a true interspiritual contemplative who who's firmly rooted in his his tradition, and yet his viewpoint is so much larger and there's um There's some beautiful things that he had to tell us, and particularly from the perspective of being an elder he was eighty four when we interviewed him, and you know as we get older, hopefully we harvest the wisdom from our life and we see what's most important and that was part of the beauty of speaking with father thomas
2: well i i i certainly am hoping that for myself <laughs> that we get to this place where we look at ourselves each day and we know that we're all, we're actually standing on our own shoulders so to speak yes you know we, we so often hear let's stand on the shoulders of all that have come before but let's stand on our own shoulders That's right. so that we can build that wisdom and create the opening for a bigger conversation, a bigger life, and a bigger contribution. That's what you've done with your life. If I, you know, if I don't mind, if you don't mind me saying, I mean, I look at the conversations you and I have had, and I'm so honored to be part of the journey with you. Oh, and, thank you. And to just see how you've been able to follow the trueness and trust in your heart. And in the face of most people out in the world, especially families and friends sometimes, they would look at us and say, what are you doing? <laughs> right. You know, I mean, look at what you've done and you've created and you're going off to do what. But there is a key to the what that you're doing. And the question that that I think lives in the hearts of so many people this day Is help me this day, Joan. Help me this day. See what my next step is going to be. Exactly. Help me get through um, the, the complication, the confusion. Help me move to that place of trust. What is the what is some of the the feedback? What are some of the feedback you're getting from people about the book,
3: but about their lives? Well, that. There's a tremendous There's a tremendous truth that people resonate with, and that is that guidance is paradoxical. And that is, in order to be guided, you have to let go of the idea that you already know, and you have to let go of the idea that you want to know right now if you don't know, which means an openness to saying, I really don't know what the right direction to go is maybe today or tomorrow or for the rest of my life, but I am open and willing to be shown, and that requires pat first first and foremost what we don't have most of us enough of in our busy world, and that's the time for stillness, the time for quiet so what i you know I say to myself or to anybody else who's living in this busy life and saying, "You know what would you have me do today? Where would you have me go? What's the guidance for me?" Is that you'll hear it much more easily if you take even ten minutes to to take a quiet walk, or ten minutes to sit in meditation, or ten minutes to just be quiet and start by you know reading with a paragraph of something that inspires you, and then just sit quietly and contemplate it. There's a, a line you know from the um, Tao Te Ching about waiting until the mud settles. Do You have the patience to wait until the mud settles. And when people think of guidance, they think of rushing right out there to do something with the guidance. And it's so easy to forget the step of waiting till the mud settles. And then the wisdom will arise by itself through a number of channels. You know, everything from suddenly having an idea to somebody calling you on the phone and then you have a recognition that they're saying something you need to pay attention to. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But, of course, not not every synchronicity is guidance either. You know, a synchronicity uh, at its most basic is an invitation to sit with something, not an invitation to immediate action. And well, let's talk about that yeah. when we come back from okay. break.
2: Because you know what I've been, what I was struck by uh, in the book. Uh, well, there are a number of things, but I love that there are two complete chapters dedicated to discernment, and this is for for so many people. The key is in uh, some of what you have written here, and I want to share some of that. And also this idea of doubt. Is It Guidance or Is It Me? We'll be right back with Joan Borisenko on The Dr. Pat Show. We're going to be giving out information so you can find out how to get a copy of the book uh, and much more. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show.
0: Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again? 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Spend a day of enlightenment and healing for the body, mind, and spirit with John Holland and Brian Weiss in Journey of the Soul. In this fascinating workshop, explore spiritual mediumship with John Holland and let Brian Weiss open the doors into the realm of past life regression. See John Holland and Brian Weiss in Seattle on September 30th. Space is limited, so order now at HayhouseEvents.com.
7: Ramsey of RamseyInvesting.com has been a certified financial planner for over 20 years. Ramsey Investing provides balanced, smart investment management to a broad range of people through the online web service RamseyInvesting.com. They are fee-only managers who do not sell financial products. They invest your money for you, track it, and make adjustments as needed. You don't have to worry if you're in the right investments or not. That's their job. Visit RamseyInvesting.com
0: the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basilli.
2: Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to the show Um, I want to uh, make sure that everybody out there knows how to find out more about Dr. Joan Borisenko and also how to get a copy of her book. I mean, Joan, beyond this book, there are many, many things that are going on, including the upcoming I Can Do It conference in Tampa. So let's take a few minutes to connect people with you, how to get a copy of the book,
3: your website. Okay. Well, two things here. One of them is... Brand new website will be up October 3rd, but you can certainly look at the one that's there, which is lovely, but the new one is just filled with exciting information and interactive kinds of things, and it it's just, you have to spell my name, so it's Joan Borisenko, B-O-R-Y-S-E-N-K-O dot com, and people will be able to find my schedule on there as well, so that's simple. The book, they can buy from their bookstore, from Amazon.com, or I'll say that I'm following in your footsteps, Pat. <laughs> and just last week, uh, my husband Gordon and I started a radio show called Your Soul's Compass, which is an Internet show on HayHouseRadio.com. So people can also tune in there on Wednesdays and... Uh, what time on Wednesdays for folks? Uh, it depends on your time zone. Okay. We're in mountain time, so it's 11 to 12 mountain time, and it would be, let's see, 1 to 2 Eastern Standard Time and 10 to 11, 11. Pacific Time, and then Central Time, 12 to 1.
2: Well, uh, and and we love our friends at Hay House. I mean, I don't know if you know, but uh, we have been partnering with Hay House since day one of my show, and let's call it intuition or maybe spiritual guidance. Mm -hmm. And, Joan, you're going to tell us the difference. (laughs) But part of this next conversation is also about discernment. And, you know, maybe, you know, to to kick that conversation off is to talk a little bit about the difference between
3: spiritual guidance and intuition. Well, absolutely, because, you know, the question always is, how do we know what we know? We know that our intellect is one way of knowing things, and it's a very important way. You throw out your intellect to create peril. But on the other hand, there are things that arise in a different way. So one of the sages that we interviewed, a uh, wonderful rabbi, Reb Zalman Shachter Shalomi, said, you know, try this sometime with the to see with the eyes of your heart. Imagine that there's a plumb line that drops from the middle of your brain into your heart and then look at whatever you're looking at from that place, from the place of the heart. And it's a place of very great intimacy where instead, for example, of looking at someone and seeing what they're wearing or what they look like, it's quite remarkable. All of a sudden you start to to think, who are they really? You know, what are their hopes? What are their dreams? And often you pick up something uh, about them that only that kind of very intimate relational seeing can pick up. And it's not just with a person. You can look at a cloud like that, too. So part of you can say, well, the cloud has this and that shape. It's a cumulus cloud. But instead, if you simply watch it, if you're open to it, your heart is open, you start to see all kinds of things about the cloud. Um, Pictures in the cloud, it turns into an eagle, it turns into a wolf, it turns into um, the things that you're thinking about, and it becomes a mirror for who you are. So there are different ways of seeing. And then, as a scientist, I said, there are ways of seeing where all of a sudden I would read a journal article and something would pop into my mind from some deeper place that was beyond my immediate way of perceiving it with either heart or mind. So there are different ways of knowing. Intuition is one of them. And I think a special case of intuition is spiritual guidance because it comes to us not only through what we see but through what I believe is is grace. That is, we're part of some kind of larger plan, some kind of larger flow, and things are presented to us. And then, of course, it's up to us to see the potential in those things and to co-create with them. Uh, You know, so for example, (laughs) um, I was, oh, four years ago, Gordon and I were just literally bitten by an idea to create a school that trained people to be spiritual guides, or there were many words for that, soul friends, spiritual directors. And you say, where does an idea like that come from? Well, in part, of course, it comes from what we both did for all of our lives in terms of his work within corporations doing something similar. My work with individuals who were ill uh, really doing spiritual guidance Work with them near the ends of their lives, but why a school a number a number of different things came together. But what happened from it was an unshakable idea that this was given to us at this moment, and mm-hmm. that it was something we needed to do and Then there was another piece we needed, which was we wanted a person deeply trained in spiritual direction and she suddenly appeared it was my best friend <laughs> and I realized oh <laughs> one day she came and said I'm looking for a sign as to where to go next strangely enough we were standing in a mall outside of a sign shop and uh, <laughs> you know I love when that happens
2: yeah. you know but Joan we so though have
3: to be awake to that well we do and that's it so we have to be awake, and then we have to be able to discern whether what appears to us to be guidance, it appears to be a kind of information beyond our individual and general knowing, but we have to to know, is that my own desire? Is that something I want? Is that a leftover from my past, my conditioning? Is it a social interject? It's you know, something my mother or my group or my professor would have liked or my religious leaders would consider to be exactly, different. and to to see the difference between that, the, you know, like is it me or is it the spirit? Is called discernment, and when we ask the sages that question, uh, I loved the response of Reb Zalman Shakhtar Shalomi. He said, "If you can tell me the the answer to that question, I'll become your disciple."
2: Oh, wow.
3: (laughs) He said it's too facile to give a simple answer, because the art of discernment is the art of spiritual growth, and it goes on day by day, minute by minute, but that there are some measuring tools for discernment, what we call metrics. So uh, a number of those, for example, the Quakers are masters of discernment. We knew very little about them before we started this book, but have the most tremendous uh, respect for them. But if they're discerning what they call a leading, they've got a sense that they're supposed to go in a particular direction, one of the most important things for them in discernment is patience rather than urgency. Uh, it's their experience when you feel like, oh, i got to know right away. I've got to move on this. I've got to do something that's almost always the ego and its fear. Oh, it's a sense of anxiety. It is.
2: I mean, it's got, you know, we're we're foot tapping, we're we're curling our hair, yeah. you know, we're scratching our skin, we're doing all sorts of things, you know, that talk to the the level of anxiety uh sitting on the edge of our seats. I mean, literally, you can see people in meetings now, Joan. They're literally sitting on the edge of their seats.
3: Oh, absolutely. Ten and um <laughs> you know what we what we know about that is that we're also living in a society which says you should know the answer now and you you better you better act on it by the end of right the and if you day. don't know it make it up well that's it and and true spiritual guidance says let me wait and see mm. one of the um words that took really root for both Gordon and me is a Quaker discernment word called seasoning and that is if you let it you let it be for a while uh Will the idea that seemed like a great idea today still have life in it next week or next month? Because we all know that if we don't let things season, today's great idea often is tomorrow's, what on earth was I thinking? And so this is, this is important. And it's, this has really changed for me personally, Pat, the way that I do things. Just the willingness to be still for a while, the willingness to, To say, provisionally, it seems to me like this is the guidance, but I'm not acting on it at the moment. (laughs) I'm going to wait and see. And then, of course, uh, you think think about things in every tradition. There are different virtues. In the Christian tradition, you have what St. Paul called the nine fruits of the Spirit. And those are used for discernment. When you think, is there love in this decision? Is there joy? Is there peace? Now that I've decided this seems to be the way spirit is guiding me, do I have a felt sense of peace in my body? And that, whether you're a Catholic or a Sufi uh, or a Jew, this idea that your body will actually reflect what what spirit and reflect what the right direction is, is important. You know, Ajahn Sona said about discernment, If you're stressed out all the time, you can tell you're going in the wrong direction. You are not on the right track because that stress and anxiety is part of the feedback system of the wisdom of life, of your own Buddha nature, he would say. And so one of his pithy things about discernment was to say, ask yourself, are you having fun yet? Yes, I
2: love
5: that. You're
3: on the wrong track. This is this is the thing. When we spoke with Hamid Ali, uh, who some of your readers may know his work, uh, he writes under the pen name of A. H. Almas. He's the founder of a very powerful school of spiritual growth called um, the Diamond Diamond Heart Work. And what he said is, you know. Spiritual guidance is not what we often think of it. It's not like, should I make this investment, or are guides talking to me and telling me you should go over here? No, you should go over there, take this job, don't marry him, marry this one. Uh, there's guidance on everything. But essentially what guidance really is, is it's guidance on the spiritual journey itself. And it is, am I on the right track? Because if you're on the right track, you can follow the clues. You can see the possibilities inherent within any situation and find a way to give your unique gifts to the world. Because spiritual guidance is not a narcissistic concern. It's while you grow within yourself, you're part of a larger whole. And it's about being able to show up in such a good way uh, with something to give to that larger family of life. Well, this
2: is, Joan, what you just talked about is certainly for me a conversation for many of our listeners and for myself to seriously think about. I mean, there is so much uh, right now for us to move beyond and and use the art of discernment. And I would say that it is probably one of the most important things right now that we can master. We're going to take a short break when we come back back we'll be back with uh, with me dr pat Basili, the host of the dr pat show my very special guest today dr joan borisenko for more about the show go to www.thedrpatshow.com t-h-e-d-r-patshow.com and much more we'll be right back
1: Come to Tampa and meet more than 30 of your favorite Hay House authors in person. Get inspired by Wayne Dyer. Discover the message of Abraham from Esther and Jerry Hicks. Learn what makes your body tick from Dr. Mehmet Oz and more at the I Can Do It conference October 11th through the 14th in Tampa. Come for a day or spend the weekend. Tickets as low as $75. Visit ICanDoIt.net to reserve your space today.
6: Are you tired of being tired? Are you sick of being sick? Tune into the Dr. Pat Show to hear Donna Eden, the world's most joyous and sought-after spokesperson for alternative medicine. Share how you can shift your energies to create health and vitality using quick and easy techniques. Donna Eden, author of the classic book, Energy Medicine, has upcoming workshops in Seattle, San Francisco, San Diego, and Los Angeles. For more information and to receive a special discount on her classic book and DVD, visit DonnaEden.com.
1: Find out how to avoid being the next victim of cancer, heart disease, obesity, or diabetes in his webinar series, The Cure, Save Your Body, Heal Your Life. Dr. Timothy Brantley, the number one best-selling author of The Cure, will share an overview of disease in America, how our eating patterns are destroying our bodies, miracles of natural healing, and his proven guidelines for health, detoxification, and regeneration. Sign up for the webinar series by visiting BrantleyCure.com.
4: VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. My guest today, Dr. Joan Borisenko. The book is Your Soul's Compass. And uh, what is spiritual guidance? And in the book, you get to have conversations with some of the most incredible people that Joan was able to interview and bring to you in a book that breaks this down not only in a way that you can explore the bigger question, but in a way that enables you and me to move beyond the blocks and actually create some action that's going to change your life. As we continue the conversation of discernment, Joan, I mean, I think that some days in my life, I think life for me used to be really simple. And the more that I get out in the world, it seems like I I get to face more of my own inner blocks. And so the question for, I'm sure for me and for many people is how do we move beyond the blocks in the context of discernment?
3: That, well that, that is absolutely the question. Let me, let me start by, by telling you a story. And it was that story called The Hymn of the Pearl that I told in the beginning of the book. It's an old Gnostic poem from the time of Jesus. It actually made its way into the apocryphal, um, gospel, uh, of Thomas. And it's, it's fascinating. It's a story about a prince who goes on what Joseph Campbell would have called the hero's journey. His parents, the queen of the dawn and the king of the east, send him off to mature so that he can come back and take his rightful place, uh, you know, as truly a compassionate, wise ruler. So they send him off to Egypt. And Egypt, in in mythology and also in Hebrew religion, doesn't just mean a place. It means, uh, the word for it in Hebrew for Egypt is Mitzrayim, the narrow place. So we're talking about blocks. We're talking about how do we get through the narrow place in us to open us up to wisdom. So the prince goes there. He goes to Egypt and what he's supposed to do is to find this big serpent and next to it is a pearl in the mud of the lake where it lives and he's supposed to pick up the pearl and bring it back that's his his um task in the hero's journey well as soon as he gets to Egypt he just falls asleep to who he is and what you know what his purpose is And he starts to wear the clothes of the Egyptians and eat the food of the Egyptians, and pretty soon, you know, he's just living his life as an Egyptian. But his parents see that he's fallen asleep to who he is. They see this from afar. And they send a magic letter which tells him who he is and what his soul's purpose is. And the magic letter takes the form of an eagle, and it flies to him. And when he sees it and he hears the thrumming of its wings, Something inside of him just knows. He comes awake again, and he knows who he is. He knows what he's supposed to do. He instantly sings this song to the serpent. The serpent falls asleep. He gets the pearl. He goes home. (laughs) And then he's able to take his rightful place as a ruler in that kingdom. And that it's, it's a great metaphoric story because... I think we all fall asleep. This is what the wisdom traditions say. We fall asleep to who we are because we get stuck in our egos, in our blocks, in all those narrow places and you know they they all all of the narrow places in us pat that prevent us from waking up are essentially the same. They're all about the fact that human beings simply need to be loved, and none of us is loved perfectly as a child um and 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 that's in a way uh it's just the way the world is. It's that tension between uh who we are and and what our best self wants to be. It's that tension between being asleep and being awake uh that that's how the soul grows so for example, I look at myself in spiritual guidance, and I would say, I have a tendency of the ego, a place where I'm asleep. And that is when anyone wants something of me, I want so much to give it to them that I will betray my own self. I'll give away time I don't have. I'll give away energy I don't have to, to, to please someone. So I have a people-pleasing block. And that in terms of discernment, for example, a block like that will make it impossible for me to tell the difference between me and my own stuff in the voice of spirit. And we all have blocks like that. They're all varieties of um, of ego and of the original need for love. But, you know, another block, a very big block for some people, is judgment uh, and and unforgiveness. So that's very important. Mm. That's why in every spiritual tradition, forgiveness is considered primary because it keeps you, if you're not forgiving... It keeps you locked into what was, and well, you can't be present to the now.
2: Well, Joan, I, this, I'm so, so thrilled about this message, and, um, and I, I, I never know where the hour goes when you and I get together. <laughs> We've got a few minutes left, and I know that there are many, many tools in the book and beyond uh, uh, I want to make sure people have your website and what would be your personal message what could be a tool we could leave with our listeners right now
3: I think the major thing to follow spiritual guidance is you need to have a little bit of stillness in your life. Mm. If you do that one thing, take a walk in the morning, not to review your to-do list, but to look at the beauty, or sit in meditation. Mm. And then just tune in that you're aligned with a larger force that you can trust in. And ask from your heart, you know, may the road open before me so that I know what my purpose is today. and how I can be most helpful uh, to bring about the best good in this magnificent world.
2: What a fabulous way to end this show. Joan Borisenko, if you want to find out more about Joan, go to her website, B O R. Y-S-E-N-K-O. The book is The Soul's Compass, What is Spiritual Guidance? Fabulous book, available everywhere. Check it out on Amazon and much more. Joan, thank you so much for joining the show today.
3: You're welcome. Thank you for what you do, four years of running this wonderful show, Pat. And may there be many more. I'd love to be your guest anytime.
2: I'd love to have you. And don't forget, Joan Borisenko is starting her own radio show, and uh, I'm sure all of that will be posted on your website. Right, Joan? That's right. Uh, well, I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. It is because of you that I do this show. It was that way since day one. I'm grateful for all of you that listen to this show and have, again, brought us to the number one position right here on Voice America. And I want to thank everyone at Voice America for doing what they do so well and for their expansion and growth. I'm honored to be part of this network. For many of you out there, if you're sitting there and you're at a point of despair and discouragement, know this. You are a powerful force. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Until next week, I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Go to my website, thedrpatshow.com. We've got over 1,000 shows and lots more. We have a very, very special announcement next week for you all. way for you to participate. Know that you are loved. Know that you are blessed. We'll see you next week.
7: Swim again
1: Thank you for listening to The Dr. Pat Show, radio to Ride by. To contact Dr. Pat, visit thedrpatshow.com. Tune in next Tuesday for another dynamic hour of The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile.